tuned in. And before you say it out loud, let me just say it to you. Yes, I am in a different location. So if you were thinking something's different, you're right. But if you have watched the Adrian Ross show for a long time, you will recognize this place. This is where I always did the podcasts at one time. But as you know, I had uh, brain surgery over a year ago now. And uh, in my episode a few weeks ago, uh, giving you an update one year later, I talked about some of the battles I've had since then, like the physical pain and everything. And so this office is in my basement. And so with all the physical pain, I tried to minimize how many times I have to go up and down the stairs. And so I moved everything upstairs, but I decided to take the plunge and I am now back downstairs. But we're hoping to do some other arrangements with uh, the set. So who knows what it may look like next week or the week after or the week after that. So, so anyway, I, again, I'm glad that you're tuned in. I do have a great show for you today. I have Pastor Zach Strong, Pastor Zach Strong, who is going to be joining me. And we're going to be talking about some really important things that I'm sure, particularly if you're a Christian, really matter to you. And I wanted to pick the brain of someone in the ministry, someone I know. This is, in fact, my pastor. Actually, he gave me a wonderful shout out in church uh, showing his support for the Adrian Ross show. So take a listen or a look right here. Also, you need to be going to her podcast that she's doing. You need to follow her. She is keeping up with a lot of things that are happening in our nation right now. So follow her if you can. I was going to wear your t-shirt today advertising the Adrian Ross show. I'm going to in one of these services. I'm going to wear it. Okay, there you have it. So I have a a true believer, a true supporter of the Adrian Ross show, as well as a mighty man of God. And I will let him tell you a little bit more about, about himself as he joins us right now. You're going to enjoy. So let's dive right in. Pastor Zach Strong, thank you so much for joining me for the Adrian Ross show. Glad you're here. Oh, I'm so excited. What a privilege to be able to come and be with you this evening. The privilege is all mine. And I already told the listeners and the viewers that you are a mighty man of God and oh, that you, you are my pastor, but I didn't tell them too much. I wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to us. Tell us a little bit about your background, how long you've been in ministry and where and anything else you feel, you feel to share. Oh, sure. Well, thank you, uh, Adrian. Again, it is really, really great being here with you. Uh, you know, I feel like I've been in ministry all my life because church has been our life for me and my wife, Diane, uh, 47 years of marriage. Uh, we grew up as children in the same church. Uh, mm -hmm. Matter of fact, we go back as far as my parents remembering when her parents got engaged to be married. That's oh, a wow. long way back. Yeah. And we both grew up in the same church with the same passion for the Lord, a passion to worship, a passion to know God, a passion to serve the Lord. And of course, Dan, life carries us on. You know, we married uh, a young and started pastoring shortly thereafter. Been pastoring right now about 40 years. 
and we are pastors here at Christ Church. We just celebrated 25 years, and sometimes I feel like I'm just getting started, to be very honest, but it's an exciting moment, and uh, we're just excited about what the Lord is doing. Absolutely, and tell us exactly where you pastor now. I pastor Christ Church here in Cape Girardeau. If anybody is familiar with that area that is watching at 720 Berkeley Street here in Cape, right close to Southeast Missouri State University. All right. And some of the people who are listening or watching are very familiar with the late Rush Limbaugh. Yes. And, uh, and so Cape Girardeau is home to the Limbaugh family. Also. Right, right. That's pretty cool. All right. So. I wanted you to come on the show as a man of God whom I know and respect. And so I value your perspective. And we know, like you said, you've been in ministry for a long time. And we know when we talk about the gospel, which you preach and live, that's the good news. We call that the good news. But right now in the nation, really in the world, but, um, in the nation, which is what, you know, we're kind of focusing in on that. Right. There's a lot going on that people don't consider good news. There's a lot, people say they're, they're distraught, they're facing anxiety, and they're right. very concerned about some things. So I want to talk about some of those things, but I first want to ask you, when you look at what's going on in the nation, what concerns you? What are some of the things as an American as a pastor, as a family man, that concern? Well, that's a great, great question. And like you said, there is a lot of things happening in our nation. You know, one thing that really is a great concern of mine is, I think that a generation has lost sight of its history. And when you lose sight of your history, you really don't know where you're headed or where you've come from to where you're going. Uh, patriotism uh, among the younger generation doesn't seem to soar as much as it does uh, among our grandfathers, our parents and grandparents that that are there. Uh, That's a concern of mine because it's almost like, well, well, there's other things to be concerned with. Uh, But, but, you know, our nation in one sense, uh, and I know this can be an argument even among churches, uh, our nation Uh, And what we stand for really helps define who we are as a people. You you know, America was that place, uh, Miss Adrian, that I've always been taught and believe that was a place, first of all, established upon the premise of God. That men and women sacrificed their lives to come to this good land to be able to find that place to worship freely and not be under tyranny that's what i've always been taught and Mm -hmm. and and through that uh, that all men would be created would be acknowledged that they were created equally by their creator and that we would all have that opportunity that we could flourish that we could prosper that we could live that great life that i believe the lord has intended for all men to live and so our nation seems itself, I, I feel like, is losing its identity because we're allowing ourselves to say, well, we're just like the rest of the nations of the earth. No, we're not. Mm. We're not like the rest of the nations of the earth. We are a godly, righteous people. We're, I believe, the greatest nation on the planet. 
Mm. So what do you say to people, even what we would call religious people, who take exception to that idea of American exceptionalism and that we are set apart somehow? Because there are people who feel like that's some kind of pride that we shouldn't have. Yeah, well, you know, I recently had a, a conversation with a pastor friend of mine, mm -hmm. and uh, that is running for office. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was talking about nationalism versus kingdom. Mm -hmm. Well, I see both of them working together mm -hmm. uh, because the, the Bible taught is about the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom is within me, right? Yes. And so everywhere I go, I carry the values, the principle, the life of the kingdom. But as for a nation, what sets us apart, and I, I think I could prove this biblically all the way through the Bible, is that every nation was identified by a land, by a territory, and by its borders. Mm -hmm. And I, I know there's a lot of people that debate the, the idea of borders, but it's what gives us an identity, every one of us that are property owners. Mm -hmm. You own a home, I mm -hmm. own a home. Mm -hmm. I've got a boundary line. I've got a property. I've got a deed down at the city hall somewhere downtown that says from this point to this point to this point to this point, that property belongs to Zach Strong. Yeah. And anybody that comes over that without my permission is really violating my space. And I could say it the other way. So boundaries help define us as a nation. Mm. And, and so I believe, um, I, I believe that we are not like, I, I remember one of our uh, presidents, I, I never will forget when Mr. Obama was uh, being inaugurated. He stood and, and it just struck my heart so greatly. We are no longer a Christian nation. Right. But we're a nation of this. I understood the principle of what he was saying. Mm -hmm. But what he was saying, what we most people wasn't catching, he dropped our boundaries of our identity of who we really are. Yes, we're that Christian nation. Mm -hmm. Yes, we open our doors. Yes, we, in, we invite people to come in righteously and fairly and enjoy the life that we was here. But to say that we're no longer a Christian nation, he put us on the same level. In my eyes, he mm -hmm. put us on the same level with a lot of the nations of the world that are struggling to really have a life that is good for its citizens. Mm. You know, I wasn't going to go there yet, but I will with, <laughs> with the mention of um, uh, former President Barack Obama and, yeah. and all that. Obviously, you can't think about Obama without thinking about politics. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to fast forward to that. When it comes to politics, what role should the church play in the political arena, if at all? Wow, boy, and that's a great. Mm, that's a great question. And you know as well as I do that that is a great, uh, great issue among the church. Because again, there is a culture, there are a generation, maybe not a culture, a generation mm -hmm. uh, that is saying the church and politics shouldn't be involved. Right. Uh, but I think we have to be involved. Matter of fact, when you go back biblically, okay, let's follow. Um, I recently had a group of leaders from our region gathered here, and I touched this. We kind of had a little bit of discussion about it. You were actually in that meeting, mm -hmm. and one of the one of the people that I looked at was Moses, 
-hmm. here the people of God were in bondage. And so God visits Moses through a burning bush and said, I want you to go and stand before Pharaoh and command their release. Now, he actually operated to me in a twofold manner. One, he went to the elders of all the tribes of Israel and said, God's got a better place for you than where you are. Mm -hmm. So now he's operating, and I'm going to say as a pastor, okay? Mm -hmm. But then he has to go get into the face of Pharaoh, the Mm -hmm. ruling authority that was over the land of Egypt. And so now he's operating as a politician. He's going in as an ambassador of God, an ambassador of of the kingdom, demanding that the people of God be let go. So they wouldn't have come out. You said, well, you know, we've got a promise. We're just praying. No, God sent somebody, a believer, into the camp to say, wait a minute, let these people go. You guys are holding them unrighteously. Let's fast forward a, a, a little bit. We could go to Joseph. Matter of fact, even before this, I uh, no, yeah, this would have been before Joseph found himself. You know, he was uh, one of the sons of Jacob, right? That had this great vision uh, and that cost him because as a young age, he didn't understand it. So he went from uh, a pit. He went to, uh, in a sense, to uh, a, a palace, to a prison, back to a palace where he was the second in authority over mm-hmm. the land. And had he not been in that position, his family and the people of God would have suffered greatly had not Joseph been positioned. Mm-hmm. We can fast forward even further. We could go in and see the life of, uh, of Daniel. Most people see Daniel as just a, a, a person that, you, you know, that uh, we, would, we would hear the story of the three Hebrew children, and they were taken captive into Babylonian captivity, but because of the wisdom that he carried, God divinely positioned him to deal with the highest authority that was in the land. Again, there is a picture of, uh, of the church and politics. We should back up a little bit. We have Queen Esther. We have Deborah. We have a number of people that were involved. And let's move on even into New Testament. We could find Paul because when God visited Paul, who was before Paul, his name was Saul. You remember that encounter that he had? God Mm -hmm. speaks to him and he said, I'm going to stand you before kings. I'm going to stand you before kings. Now, he didn't know how he was going to get there, but God positioned him several different times before major leaders to proclaim the gospel on behalf of really what would happen for the people that if they would follow and obey. So Mm -hmm. I don't think the church, we can't set back and just give it into the hands of the world. We, the church, have a responsibility. Okay, so we can't just sit back. The church has to have an impact. The church has to have an impact. When we look at the condition that the world is in and narrow it down to the country, I have to wonder what kind of impact we're having because it seems like we're always losing. So Mm. some people would say that it's, it's the church's fault because, you know, the scripture lets us know that we have that level of influence to pray, to turn from our wicked ways and all of that. Other people might say some of these things are just going to happen. And so you just have to just live with it. Where where are you on that? Well, I'm I'm like this. I'm not surprised at the things that are going on in the land. Mm -hmm. 
because the Bible talks about these things. You know, he said in the last days, perilous times would come. Isaiah prophesied thousands of years ago and said in Isaiah 60, uh, that a darkness would cover the earth and a gross darkness of people. I don't know how much darker it could really get, to be honest, mm -hmm. and especially the gross darkness upon people. But Jesus said when he called his disciples, he said, you're going to be salt and you're going to be light. I think one of the things that have happened, and you know this as well as I do, Miss Adrian, over the last number of years, you and I have had the privilege, along with many others, uh, to hear the, the preaching and the teaching on the seven mountains of how we've got to go back to those places and mm -hmm. we've got to take our rightful positions. And I think that's one thing the church has, has been weak at. Uh, we've left it to everybody else. We thought you couldn't live godly and be there. You can't be a godly businessman. You can't be a godly actor. You can't be a godly uh, uh, educator. I, I disagree with that. Because I believe there are people gifted to do, to help run the nation as much as there's people gifted like myself and many others to stand on a platform. I'm here in my auditorium doing this, to stand on my platform and preach the gospel that are just as anointed. It's their anointing. It's their gift to do it. I think you're a voice. Um, you've you are a voice and a major voice to a nation, to a nation, to a people. I can't do what you do. I, I preach and communicate to people all the time, but I can't communicate on the level that you can. But it's your gift and it's the anointing that I believe God has placed upon you to help see the land and to help govern the land and help see righteousness rule the land. Mm. It's interesting because I think we have often relegated ministry to the four walls of the church and people have not seen ministry in those areas like you said that being mm -hmm. in the classroom is ministry that writing oh. uh for the newspaper is ministry whatever you know you could be in hollywood and there's yeah. ministry there i think god wants to branch us out but i want to um i, I watch i listen to and sometimes watch i guess a podcast from someone named uh, Jason Whitlock. It's called Fearless with Jason Whitlock. And I recently heard uh, a guest of his talk about the political, okay? So I, I wanna play this clip uh, for you to comment on because I want you to hear what the state of the nation has brought him to. And then I wanna get your feedback, okay? His name is Bryson Great. You're not dropping on board with Trump. I'm, I'm like I said, this is that's 2015 Trump. Nostalgia wise, part of me was like, boy, I gotta vote for my boy right there. But to be honest, once again, my faith, as I said many times, um, I'm actually thinking about staying home, and I have no qualms about it. I don't care who get mad about it. I don't. I, I feel actually so at peace to stay to stay home because this country needs, like like I said, to do the right of me 28 and 29. The only way this country can be saved it won't be through Trump. It won't be through DeSantis. It can only be through Jesus Christ. And this country lacks repentance. Uh, so I think this country deserves Joe Biden. I think it deserves to get worse over the next four years, not better. So I don't really care. Bryson, Bryson, yes. I want you to think this through. I have. You're about to get married. <laughs> yes, can't wait. You're going to have kids. Lie. You don't want to leave them what, what's coming. You don't want to leave them what we have right now. I want them to fight against it, but it's, it's, inev it's inevitable. 
The Bible, the Bible tells you what's inevitable. This country, this, this is the most demonic country, or the West is the most demonic part of this world. In the entire world, this country is so demonic. We're even trying to force other countries into our demonic behaviors. This country don't deserve a better president. This country don't deserve a good economy. This country deserves everything it has coming to him with Joe Biden. Joe Biden is what this country deserves right now, period. That's what this country deserves. Okay, pastor. Now, wow. yeah, <laughs> wow. I, um, you don't, I mean, if you feel to feel sh sure, go ahead, but I'm not necessarily asking for your feedback on Biden versus, uh, versus, uh, Trump, but I am asking for your feedback on what he said. What do you think about what you heard? Well, I think there's a couple of things that he was on target with. First of all, we know that the only thing that is going to save our nation is Jesus Christ. That, that He's the Savior, not Trump, not DeSantos, not any other leader is a Savior. Right. But God does use men, all right? Mm -hmm. I really believe that. Uh, now, to say that this is the most vile or wicked nation uh, in the Western world, I, I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. And here's why I disagree with it. Uh, yes, there is wicked things in our nation. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, we, you, you know, there's a lot of things in America that are not right, but there's not a nation under on the planet that has carried the light of the gospel to the world like America has. I believe that is the number one thing mm -hmm. that if gets us favor, if, if we can have anything from favor from God, it's because we have sent missionaries, we have opportunities through media, uh, through many different ways that the gospel has come out of this nation far greater than any nation that has ever been. Not one time, Miss Adrian, we were the number one mission sending nation in the world. We were number one. Mm -hmm. Now, sad to say in the last number of years, for whatever reasons, I don't know, but we have kind of fallen from that. Mm -hmm. And now we have missionaries coming to America. Now, to mm -hmm. say that we deserve a Joe Biden, that we deserve what this administration is offering, uh, I don't think so. I, I don't believe that. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, if we're going to put our head in the sands and just say, hey, whatever comes, let it come. Wait a minute, this is this is where the culture, this is where the generation has got to stand up and say, no, that is not right. I know, again, going back to previous, a previous administration that said this superpower tries to overtake all of the other nations in the world. It wasn't said quite in, that, in those words, but that's really what it meant. But let's go back again. When there is trouble in the world, first nation to crawl into that with resource, with help, with military, whatever's needed, nine times out of 10 is America running to everybody's aid right? And everybody yeah. else stands still. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're going to say we deserve all of this stuff to just come. I don't think so. And mm. uh, you notice what he said, though, when he said, he, have, he has no qualms about staying home. He means that he he doesn't plan to vote. He doesn't feel yeah. he vote because 
we get what we deserve because we're not repentant. So speaking about voting, I have been honest with people throughout many years now. I never cast a vote until 2004. I hated politics. I didn't want to hear it. Back when I grew up, I, I now they yep. say you can't do it. I don't know. But back when I grew up, they would the politicians would come into the church around election time. They come and make their speech. I couldn't stand it. I don't want anything to do with it. God changed my heart. And so, and so here I am, right? Who would have thought? But yep. he's saying, I don't need to vote. Is it the church's role to be voting? Is it should we just say eh, let don't vote? Oh my goodness, Miss Adrian, I, I think you would probably know the statistics more than I, but I think in past elections, only 25% of the church has stood up to vote. That is so sad. And then we wonder why things come in the way they do. Right. We do have a responsibility. Let's go back again, Old Testament principle. God said to Israel, I'm going to give you a promised land, but there are giants in that land and there's enemies that you've got to drive out. You've got to dispossess them. Now, why, my mind says, why are they even there? One, they've been protecting in one sense or caretaking what really belongs to the people of God. Mm. But we've really gotten lazy and we've gotten fearful. Like what you said, there's a lot of people that doesn't like the politics of stuff we don't like. And that is a bad lie. I don't like hearing that stuff. I don't like hearing all of the, oh, yeah. oh the junk that just keeps going. I, I see it amongst sometimes even our own people. And I'm saying, guys, we're not getting anywhere that way. But if I want to see my nation, the one thing I do have, I have the opportunity. I have the right and the privilege to vote. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if I don't exercise it, it's a no vote to what I really want. And it's a yes vote to the enemy that I really oppose. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly hope he, he changes his mind. And one of the points that Jason made to him was, you're about to get married. You're going to have children. Yeah. You don't want to just say whatever, you know. Speaking of that, children, that's a major concern of mine and I'm oh sure of yours of what's going on now. It's To me, it's like a science fiction movie. I never could imagine that we would be living at a time where children are being targeted as they are. Speaking of being targeted, there are various businesses. Yes. Target, North Face, uh, Kohl's, um, Bud Light, and, and now Chick-fil-A is in the fray. And what should the church do in terms of dealing with these businesses? Before I get your perspective, I want to play another clip. This is a guy on social media. Uh, it's, he's called Dude with Good News. And he shares this. And, well, I, before I go further, let me just play this for you. Here's the reason biblically why I believe Christians ought to be boycotting Target and Bud Light and any other corporation that's pushing the things they're pushing. I think a lot of people make this into a political issue or they say, oh, what's the big deal? If, you know, is it really gonna make that big of a difference if I'm shopping there or not shopping there? Here's what the Bible says. It tells us what to do as Christians in Ephesians chapter five. It says this, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, 
but instead expose them for it is shameful to even talk of the things that they do in secret. So what does that mean to take no part? Well, what's Target do? It's a business. They, they make money. They sell things. And to take part in that is to take part in that God of mammon that they're serving and to take mm. part in the darkness that they're purveying and getting out to the world and, and, and shoving into children's faces. And to take part in that is to give them your money. And I believe the Bible gives us radical precedent to say no. Yeah. We are running from that and to instead, instead expose those things, to, to, to shout it to all the people that have ears to hear that this is evil, this is demonic, we won't stand for it, we're not going to go to the stores anymore and we're not going to give them our money. We're going to let our voice be heard so that people can see the light and so that people can be pulled out of the darkness. Is that the tack the church should be taking? I, you know, I couldn't agree with him more, to be very honest. I, I think he is right on target. He brought the scripture. All right. I don't think I, I know I can't dispute that in any form or fashion. I think you said something earlier before that clip uh, about people thinking that their voice, their vote, whatever they do, doesn't count. Mm -hmm. Well, Miss Adrian, you're a sports fan. I am. I like I like baseball, basketball. I like sports. You do too. How yeah. many games have been won by one point? Think about that. For yeah, a you're right. One point made all the difference. In and what about one dollar? How much will mm. one dollar make a difference? Maybe it doesn't seem like to a you know hundred. I'm just using a figure. Hundred billion dollar uh, business. Well. You start taking $1 here and $1 there away, you're going to start getting some attention. They're yeah. going to start paying attention to that because they're not doing that just to make you feel good. They've right. got people up there in high offices that are that are feeding off that. He referenced mammon. Most of us, when we read that scripture, God said, or Jesus said, I think it's in the book of Matthew, you can't serve. Uh, what is it? You can't serve God and serve mammon. Yes. Most of us think that mammon is just money. Mm. Mammon is a spirit. Mm. There is a spirit there. That's why he said you can't serve God and you can't serve this spirit that mm. is driving in the world. Okay. Mm. Uh, you and I both know when we look at money, money is neither good or evil. He didn't right. say money was if he said it was the love of it. Yes. That is, it's where it goes to, you know, right. or what comes from it. But mm -hmm. I think in this light, he is right on that. We as believers, especially all of us, not whether I have children, I've got grandchildren mm -hmm. and someday plan to have great grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I need to be standing protecting our kids. Yeah. I mean, and because they're walking in and, and, Mom and dad, if we keep feeding that, what we're saying is, well, you know what? It, it doesn't matter. It Yes, it does matter. If yeah. your house is on fire, you know, or you're going to say, well, I'm going to go in and try to get them, but it doesn't matter. Come on. Yes. It does matter. And we have become so desensitized to it. Some of the things we're seeing now people were saying, you know, we might not want to go there because the next thing you know, and everyone said, oh, you're just, you're just shooting hot air. And then we watched the progression. But when it comes to these companies, 
And you mentioned sports fan because it's in the ballpark now. That's another yeah. situation I'm going to get to as a follow-up. But we don't like to be inconvenienced. Even Christians, we, you know, we we've we don't have a clue, I don't think, of what the inconvenience the early Christians went through. They're like, what do you mean I'm not, I can't go to the ball game or I can't go to Target? I, I mean, we don't want to be inconvenienced, but the price is huge of not being inconvenienced. Right. All right. So back to the sports. It's it's gotten to the LA Dodgers. There's been this whole yeah. thing with the Dodgers because they, you know, the LGBTQ. And I really focus more on the transgender because there are a lot of people who identify as gay or lesbian and they despise what is going on with the grooming of children and the tra- and the transgender stuff and yeah. men going in women's locker rooms and, and all this stuff. But nonetheless, the LA Dodgers, they're bringing in the group, the Sisters of oh. Perpetual Indulgence. And yeah. they drag show, drag, they're, they're like dressed up as nuns in drag and they're mocking Catholicism and Christianity yes. and Jesus. And so there's that whole, that whole thing. And then there's the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the video I just showed you with the dude with good news talking about what we have to do a baseball player for the Toronto Blue Jays, Anthony Bass, uh, assuming he uh, is a Christian, he shared this, that video you we just saw on his social media. The next thing you know, we get this from him. Now I said, he just shared it. But then we got this from Anthony Bass, obviously a Christian. I recognized yesterday, uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine. And I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, The ballpark is for everybody. Uh, We include all fans at the ballpark and and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Well, obviously the ballpark ballpark is for everybody, but what just happened? Here's a Christian who felt strongly enough about this issue to post this. And all of a sudden he's apologizing for taking the stand he took. What's going on with Christians? Well, you you know, I think this is the moment, you, you know, of course, we don't know what happened after that post that was there even from upper management and everything. Oh, something happened, happened, no doubt. Something happened, no question for him to come there. Mm -hmm. It may have forced his hand. I'm not saying it's right in what he did at all. Uh, I believe we're in that, I believe we're in that spot, Miss Adrian, that this is really revealing who we are. Mm -hmm. I, I really believe that. I believe we're at the moment that the tares and the wheat are being defined. Who's gonna take a stand and who won't? Some of these stands may cost us a lot. Um, And nobody's going to know what they will do until they're put in that position. I can sit here and stay all day. Pastor, I'm going to take a boat stand. I'll go to jail. I'll do blah, 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 blah. Well, all can say that, but we'll never know what we do. I hope that I can. I'm going to say it like that, that I hope I've got enough God, enough strength, enough courage that I'm going to take that boat stand and don't bow down to what the enemy, you know, is throwing against me. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Does that make sense? We're all yeah. pressured. There. Yeah, I, I, but I think that it, it's going to hit many of us. And I think that we might have to have to start thinking about what will I do when yeah. this comes to me? I, I, it, it saddens me that here he is trying to take a stand. It wasn't being hateful because there was nothing in no. the previous video that was hateful, but he has to come in a, I shouldn't say he has to, he chose to come and apologize. Now I know the pressure was there. All of a sudden you're sorry, I hurt people and all that. And, and, I, and I just feel like if we don't take the stand, it's, it, it's, never, gonna, it's never going to end. Not at all. It, well, yeah. think about this for a moment. The, the bad thing about uh, this spirit, now listen, this, the LBTQ, whatever, you know, all the, it keeps seeming like it's the alphabet. Yes. The time. Yes. Yeah. Now, I, I lost a brother 30 something years ago. I lost him to AIDS because he gave himself to a homosexual lifestyle. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, so it has touched my family and it's touched my heart dearly. I love, and I think you would acknowledge this as a pastor, anyone is welcome to come to our house, okay? When Mm -hmm. I say house, to our church, you can come in here and worship, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to preach the word. If it offends you, Mm -hmm. I may not target you directly, but I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to declare the truth of God. If it offends you, that's where it falls. But don't come trying to change me. Now, see, when I heard that I'm going to use uh, the Blue Jay, where you're going to use the Blue Jays resources to retrain me. Okay. Mm. Now they're saying you're not thinking clearly. You're right. not thinking properly. And, and that is the one thing that I really don't like about this spirit of, that is working in the world right now. Because it's not just asking me to give them a day or give them a month. It is demanding me to embrace them. It's demanding me to accept them that their lifestyle is the right way to live. It's a demand. I I don't have a problem. If they want to go to the ball game, go to the ball game. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, go to the ball game. But don't demand me or my family to have to say what you're doing is right. And you know what, Pastor, beyond that, and and like you said, it touched your family, my family too. I I love, I mean, I love everybody. I'm not going around trying to, you know, uh, trying to be disrespectful and rude to people. I don't feel that way. That's not my heart. But like you said, you know, you have to stand for what you know is true. And it's not just demanding that you accept that, you know, it's right or speak their language or whatever. They're demanding us with the transgender yeah, agenda yeah. to actually say that something that is obviously not correct is correct. They want yes. you to say that a man is a woman and a woman is a man, which defies everything we know. So they want you to participate in the delusion. That's the, that's where you kind of draw the line. Like, oh, I'm exactly. Not- yeah, I'm not going to participate. No one knows what a woman is anymore. Men can have babies and all this other stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. And again, they're bringing this to children. I did a show a couple weeks ago about the sexualization of children, as you know, yeah. because the World Health Organization and the United Nations are pushing this guidance where they want to take certain things from the parents, put them in educators' hands, and they want all of they want everyone to agree 
starting at birth, that we begin to sexualize children, encourage them to have sexual partners, encourage them uh, for same sex, same sex stuff. It's a whole, it's a whole agenda and a grooming that's going, that's going on. Yeah. Now, I'm a former educator, educator. I taught for nearly 20 years. And so this stuff in the schools obviously bothers me, bothers me anywhere, but you send your kid to school, you don't, you don't expect this to happen. I don't know if you heard recently about a teacher. She's in California. She teaches, let me make sure I get it right. She teaches, her name is Judy Reberg. In California, California, she teaches physiology and AP environmental science. And she's on leave now. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna show something to you because it like I said, I taught for 20 years. I know wonderful teachers. I taught in the public school. But this makes me wonder, should Christians have their children in this environment? That's hard for me to say. It pains mm. me to say that, but I have to say that. So this is what someone captured of this teacher in her classroom in high school. Hey, I'm jumping in really quickly to give a little warning. This gets graphic. So if you have children in the room who are younger than about 16 or 17, maybe even a little older, you might want to have them leave the room for about a minute and a half, a little less until the video ends, or you leave the room with your device, and then you can rejoin each other if you feel comfortable with that. All right, here we go is where the prostate is. So you don't have to go inside the booty hole. You can actually just push on the seam and that stimulates the prostate gland as well. And that, oh, they apparently really like that. Um, but yeah, so that's why for male and male, anal sex is still very pleasurable because of the fact that it hits the, it hits the prostate and there's a lot of nerve endings in your booty as well. So the girls, the G-spot, prostate, they're the equivalent to each other. But apparently that's why if you ever see like, I mean, Target has them now, sex toys. If you go to Target, seriously, if you go to Target and go where the tampons and pads are, they have, they just look like a little box. But if you open up, the, there's like a Velcro front to the box. You open it up and then bam, sex toy. And uh, you'll see them. Huh? CVS, yes, CVS has them too, a lot of them. And so that's why when you look at the, the toys, a lot of them look like this. And the reason because is for finding that spot. Okay, first of all, let me apologize, Pastor, for having to <laughs> This is my pastor. I'm like so totally uncomfortable. It's disturbing. It's just disturbing all around. This is this is a high school classroom, Pastor in a public school do we need to do we need to grab all of our kids and run wow uh you, you know first of all we are a i don't know if i'm going to say this right we are a sexually driven uh generation and have been for a, a good while everything that we view everything uh appeals to sexuality in some form uh, even from marketing of a, a number of years ago, uh, Hardee's marketed their big burgers with, with a beautiful lady, you, you know, that it was, you know, yeah. cladly clothed. And, you, you know, why are they using her to advertise this burger with, exactly. you know, all the juice and everything falling? And 
Dairy yeah. Queen began to do the same thing with the, you know, you know an ice cream cone. And when you watch most of uh, even TV, most sitcoms, they are sexually driven, if not by visual, but by things that are said. Oh, yeah. Okay, the, yeah. you, you know, it may be an R-rated movie and may not have any nudity in it at all, but it'll say sexual content. It'll say this here, this here. And so our generation is that way. To you used the word earlier, we have become desensitized. Now, what goes on in our public schools? Here again, where moms and dads have to get involved. We can't just shove up our children to school any longer yeah. and say, you know, I'll pick you up, I'll leave you at eight, pick you up at three. Don't work that way no more. We've literally Moms and dads, grandparents, all of us have got to crawl in and see what is being taught and instructed in our public school system. Mm -hmm. I have felt for a long time, I really have, Miss Adrian, that if our children are going to have a real, righteous, pure, godly education, free from that, then private schools, Christian schools, homeschooling may come to the front. And I believe possibly now e even more is going to have to rise up yeah now i saw this on um another podcast that i follow it's called the news and why it matters but i went to another youtube video of it i normally don't read comments but something must have caught my eye and so i read some of the comments and the sad thing here when you talk about people just accepting and embracing this some of the students were commenting and they were defending her because by their account, by their account, she's a wonderful person. She's a wonderful teacher. There's no teacher who would uh, go out of her way like, like she does. And I, I don't usually read them and I certainly don't usually engage, but I did. I did engage respectfully. And I had a really respectful exchange with one of the students and her heart's really hurting because she really, she admitted after we went on a little bit, that this was a this was poor judgment, but that and that now the teacher's probably going to lose her job when she's so you know such a, and it is an anatomy class and you know and all that kind of thing, but she her heart hurts that people have been so ugly she says and this person should not lose her job and she shouldn't be made out to be a horrible person. What do you think? Well, let let's just say this: uh, you can be a good person. I'm going to say it like that present a good front you can do things that are seemingly proper righteous and everything else and still at the same time be a murderer okay mm -hmm. because it's just deception that is there mm -hmm. and, and these kids first of all are not emotionally yes. and and st stable enough to be able to handle and process Yes. This really righteously through. And how many of them is going home? I'm going to say this and sitting down with mom and dad and said, hey, this is being taught. What do you say about this? Absolutely. And this is what I said to, 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 one, to the girl. I said, she said, well, what people aren't realizing is that she was responding to a question. And I had to say, not every question should be answered, you know, or she should have said, why don't you go home and talk to your parents about, about that? And yeah. I, said to, I said to her, I know you don't want to hear this, but probably when you get older and look back, you'll realize why people 
are so upset. But how many times do these things happen and the parents don't ever know? It's like you said, you have to be involved just as the church has to be involved. So pastor, as we wind down, I really appreciate your time. As we wind down, what is your word of encouragement to the people of the church who feel overwhelmed, who feel uh, like they have no idea what in the world we're going to do. It's just going as to hell in a handbasket, as people say, or they feel that it's not their role to get involved politically or not, or otherwise. What's your overall message and hopefully a message of hope? Is there hope in this time? Well, I listen, I, first of all, my hope is in the Lord. Okay. The God of heaven and earth, the God that still rules over all. Mm-hmm. And I believe in Christian values. I believe prayer still works. Amen. I believe standing for righteousness still works because we're salt and we're light. Uh, Jesus said we're light. You may not feel like you're too bright, but I want to tell you, it don't take a lot. Miss Adrian, a number of years ago, traveling to Trinidad, we were flying in at night. And I never will forget the pilot comes on, ladies and gentlemen, We are are 100 miles from our destination, and I can see the lights of the city. And the moment he said that, I went, wow, 100 miles away, you can see the city. And I'm thinking the first verse that came to my mind, a city set on a hill cannot be hid, okay? And I thought, how do we, how could that be possible? First of all, we were in utter darkness. That we were over the ocean. It was absolutely dark. A hundred miles, that was probably street lights and everything else, little bitty lights, but it was visible. Didn't think you could, but it was being visible. Here's the second thing. We were five miles above the earth, Mm -hmm. you know, flying at 37, 38, possibly 40,000 feet above the ocean. Mm -hmm. So our elevation was different. Sometimes the reason we feel helpless is our elevation. We're in the middle of it and we're not above it. I was at a basketball game one time with a friend Mm -hmm. and we were sitting about midway up the bleachers and we were watching these guys play basketball down below. My friend that was there was just giving these referees a rough time because they felt like he felt like they were missing every call. I'm sitting there. And I finally said, dude, will you shut up? I said, think about this. We're up here in the bleacher seats, 25, 30 feet above the floor. Mm. That guy is down in the land of the giants. Yeah. He doesn't see everything the way you and I see it. You see what I'm saying? I do. And, And here's the thing. We're in this world, but we're not of it. We're in the dark, but there is light. And as a preacher, as a pastor, as a, I'm going to say a community leader, I'm going to keep declaring righteousness. I think you have to keep speaking. I want to encourage every family when they hear this, you have a decision. I'm not talking about you and I, I'm talking about our view, our listeners and our viewers yes. Yes. have now got a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Am I going to sit back and do nothing? Or am I going to rise up and say, it's time that I get involved? Where do I do it? Where do I start? I think that's where most of us feel. Yeah. How do you how do you how do you eat an elephant? You do it one bite at a time. <laughs> Don't try to go to Washington, DC. I can't change Washington. 
I can't change those up there, but I can start on my local level in my world among the people that is in my sphere, okay, at the school board, the health board, downtown at City Hall or wherever, that's where I start getting involved. And we've got to have the boldness not to go in and start screaming what we don't like, but we got to be as wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, and we got to have the wisdom of the Spirit of God and know how to have conversations to be able to sit down and talk, okay? Mm-hmm. Sit down and confront in a loving, godly manner and trust the Spirit of God to work through us. That's good. That's good. Thank you so much, Pastor. And you know, you are a leader not only in your family and in our community, in our church, but also in the region, leading other leaders. And so I, that's why I really appreciate your voice speaking into this because you are leading leaders and, and we are listening to what you have to say. You and your wife, Miss Diane, yeah. function with incredible integrity. And I thank you so much for your voice and for your time, you know. Bless you. And before you go though, just would you pray, pray over yeah. what we're talking about, and then uh, and then we'll we'll let you go. Father, I am so thankful for this great time that you have given me and Miss Adrian to be a part. And Father, not only just with me and her, but for everyone that is tuned into this program. I don't think it's by chance, Father. I know you've anointed Miss Adrian to do this. You've given her a voice. You've given her a platform. You have given her an outlet to declare your goodness and righteousness. And I pray for this nation that it will wake up, especially the church, that we will wake up and move beyond just the sanctuary or the auditorium and say, I've got a responsibility to go into my world and carry this good news, give hope to the hurting, give hope uh, to those that are broken and bruised and give light in the midst of the darkness and expose what is wrong, but reveal the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I just declare blessing now and your anointing that destroys every yoke and lifts every burden. I give you praise. I thank you for Miss Adrian. I pray God that it just goes further than what she could ever imagine in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, pastor. Thank you so, so much. Bless you, Miss Adrian. All right. We'll have you back. <laughs> okay. All right. God bless you. Wow. That was really good. I appreciate Pastor Zach Strong. I appreciate his wife, Mrs. Diane, whom you didn't get to meet, but I hope one day you will. They serve, as I just said, with integrity. I appreciate the wealth of information Pastor Zach is. I appreciate his heart. He really is a leader of leaders. I encourage you, share the message that he just shared with us. Share this episode, please, because people need to hear it. There is a role the church must play in this hour God has us in. There's a role we have, and it's so important that we know what that role is. So we need to seek God, ask God, and then be busy in this important time we're living in. All right. 
please do that. Now, on another note, of course, please go to the BMG Network. That is the bmgnetwork.com. Check out the other podcasters there. We are engaging, enlightening, informative, and yes, entertaining. So go there. Also, I'm on Substack, adrianross.substack.com. I've got great writing there on my Substack. This podcast is there also. It is an all-in-one platform, all right? So go to adrianross.substack.com and subscribe. I'm asking for your support. I'm asking that you subscribe. There's a work that needs to be done And I could use your support if you choose not to subscribe. And I have no idea why you would make that choice. But you can also throw something in the tip jar. You can go to Cash App, which is dollar sign Adrian Ross Com, dollar sign Adrian Ross Com. And I'm just going to ask that you consider supporting what I'm doing. I have a vision for where I'd like to take this, but I need your help. All right. So subscribe throw something in the tip jar, give your prayers to this effort as well. I would really, really appreciate it. All right. That's adrianross.substack.com. And guess what? In a couple episodes, it is the 100th episode of the Adrian Ross show. I'm excited about that. I'm working on bringing you a special podcast episode for the 100th one. Yes. So, you know, tune in for that, but tune in to all of the episodes of the Adrian Ross show and share, go to one of the podcast platforms like Apple podcasts and Google podcasts and Spotify, everywhere you can think of, and you can leave a rating. You can leave a review. I want to hear from you. I want you to subscribe so you don't miss anything. I want you to go to the Adrian Ross show on YouTube, subscribe there, like, let's get the message out. There's work to be done. All right. The church has a role to play in what is going on today. And that includes you. And it certainly includes me. All right. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Adrian Ross Show. I will catch you next time. God bless you abundantly.